0: n e t s u i t e dot com slash w t f.
1: Lock the gate.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fucking What is happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Thank you, thank you for joining me exciting show. They're always exciting. I swear to god I there's people ask me, you know, which one do you like the best? I don't know. Every time I come into this garage with somebody who is 90% of the time a complete stranger to me in real life, I may know their work, I may be familiar, but I don't know what's going to happen and it's always exciting. Every time I come in here with a guest, it's like an exciting ride of some kind but today on today's show for instance like dion cole is here the comedian uh, and writer who i who i met many times but for whatever reason didn't quite register properly and uh, also going to do a little follow-up interview with uh with mr dweezil zappa there's some uh, issues at hand between uh him his work his father's music And uh, the Zappa family trust that is now uh, being overseen by his brother, Amit. It's an emotional situation. It's a difficult situation. And uh, Dweezil wanted to talk a bit. So that's going to happen. And thank you for all the feedback on the Neil Young episode. I'm fucking thrilled that everybody, including hardcore Neil Young fans, uh, were so into it. I was nervous about it. Uh, I didn't quite I don't know if I expressed how how nervous because I tried to not diminish or overrun anybody's uh, experience with my own dumb emotional expectations. But uh, I was thrilled that the feedback was so positive and you all enjoyed that conversation because I I sure did. I I mean, I, I really am grateful and I'm one of the luckiest people in the world that that I have people like the amazing Neil Young. Come over to my house, walk through my house, look at my dirty cap box. I try to keep it clean, but sometimes they sneak a shit in there. Walk past my laundry, uh, which is where the washer and dryer is, out the back door, down the shitty steps, into the barn doors of this place. This now, what I believe is a magical place, a magical space, this fucking garage and sit down with me, and 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 watch me, and feel me try to uh, engage in a nice conversation. That's what happens here. So look, folks, I, I want to you know, preface this a little bit. You know, Dweezil Zappa, it's been pretty public. You can uh, sort of look it up in the New York Times coverage of, uh, of what's been happening with him. His music, his father's music, uh, a sort of protracted legal battle with uh, with the family estate, the Zappa family trust, uh, which is uh, overseen by his brother. Um, You can catch up on the legalese of all that. But I had a sort of an emotional talk here with with uh, with Dweezil and the latest development uh, in this this horrible situation that's pitting family against family, brothers against brothers. Uh, the latest development is that Dweezil can't use the name Zappa Plays Zappa for his tour. He can't use Dweezil Zappa Plays Frank Zappa either. This is the new revelation. So he's changed it to Dweezil Zappa Plays Whatever the Fuck He Wants, the Cease and Desist Tour. So you can go to DweezelZappaworld.com for tour info, and this is, Dweezil Zappa is the only Zappa offspring that is the legacy of his father's music in the truest sense of the word. As a guitar virtuoso and as somebody who has spent his life mastering and continuing to try to master and put out into the world the music of Frank Zappa, he's the guy. He's the one with the talent and he's the one being, being pressed. Bothers me. He's also He also hooked me up with this doc. Eat that question, Frank Zappa in his own words. Comes out tomorrow, okay? Uh, we talk a little bit about it, and I saw it. And if you can't wrap your brain around what is Frank Zappa, this is a great montage of actual interview footage that spans probably about 30 or 40 years of Frank talking to other people about Frank, about politics, about art, about music. Uh, and it's pretty... It's pretty fucking great. Frank Zapple is a real American genius. And now I'm going to talk to his son, Dweezil you get your podcasts player so dweezil you're back and i and i know last time that after we uh, talked we didn't talk about family matters but now family matters have become public and uh i i don't have some sort of perverse fascination i feel like there's some sort of tremendous injustice being done here
1: uh, you know, here's the deal. I mean, uh, there's no reason for for me to be talking about this stuff in public, other than the fact that we're getting nowhere in private yeah. with with lawyers and all this kind of stuff. And then it became public with the public letter that that Amit wrote after know? the
0: New York Times article. That basically, uh, like, what are some of the uh, the issues?
1: All right, so let's let's sort of set this up so anyone who's listening can. Because it's complicated, yeah, it is. Your mom
0: passed away.
1: Well, let's go back uh, even before that. All right, I I started a decade ago playing uh, my father's music because I'm a huge fan of the music, and I wanted his music to be heard by new generations. Yeah. uh, Also, the core fans that have you know uh, been excited about it and supported it all these years. So i I was working under the name Zappa Play Zappa. right. Now Zappa play Zappa got trademarked by Gail Zappa, who owns the family uh, Zappa family Trust. You your know. mother. yes, my mother. Uh, so she apparently did this under the pretense that anyone with the last name Zappa could, if they wanted to, go out on tour and be Zappa Play Zappa.
0: Right now, as the, long as they paid her.
1: Well, there's that we can yeah. get to that, but yeah. the, but the, the whole thing about that is nobody else in my family really plays an instrument or could perform a complete show right. in any way under that moniker. So, right. you know that that aside, there was uh, uh, a contract that was created by my mother that required me to pay a $1,000 a show every time I played uh, the music of Frank Zappa. And I was supposed to, at a certain point, get some of that money rebated back to me. Uh, I don't know why the contract was written that way, but she, I think, tried to write it that way in in the the sense that if she was going to try to charge anybody else thousands of dollars to play the music, uh, she should show that She's charging her own son. Exactly. And so at the same time, there was a merch, uh, you know, T-shirt merch agreement where she took the lion's share, 60%, and I was to get 40%. Of your shirts,
0: of Zappa Plays Zappa.
1: any, Any shirts that were being sold at the... But
0: think, even if they weren't, like, Frank shirts, if they were, like, your, like, Dweezil shirts, she'd get a piece of that because of the name.
1: Exactly. She she was just taking the lion's share. Of. Did she get along with your mother? Uh, Well, you can see that it was difficult to get along <laughs> with her. I mean, she was, uh, I mean, it's like the, the word solipsism is, uh, you uh-huh. know, something that comes to mind because she... She lived in this world where it just seemed to be everything about her and only her thoughts and the way that she, um, she just didn't seem to care about what anybody else thought about things. But it, but after
0: Frank passed, you know, the, the way she handled the estate, which I imagine went all directly to her.
1: Well, it gets even more complicated, but let's get into that part in one second, so we'll, we'll finish okay. off the... The the the, con- merch. The, yeah. the the contract part of it was, um, for 10 years, she didn't uphold her end of this contract, and so at a certain point, when I was paying this money, I was getting nothing rebated, and I wasn't getting my share of the merch at you all. You paid
0: the money to, your, to the estate? Yeah. Okay. That was your responsibility? Right. And she would have... Taking you to court if you didn't
1: right and the whole thing is after 10 years people say well then why didn't you take her to court uh who wants to take their own mother to court right. you know yeah. it's it's just not something that I, I really wanted to do but uh i certainly was on her case uh every year about hey you haven't accounted to me ever for the merch and this really isn't okay this this is an injustice as you said I've given them an option of how they can make things right, which would be to uh, give me all the guitars that Gail has repossessed. You know, I was given Frank's guitars and then she repossessed them. Legally, she repossessed them? According to her. I just don't, after a certain point.
0: You know, how does, and and this is a psychological issue, an emotional issue, you know, where does she feel in what, how are you just an extension of, of your father's brand and how did she feel entitled to deny you a livelihood when you're out there doing the work?
1: In her mind, she wasn't probably doing any of that. In her mind, she thought she was protecting Frank and the brand and all of this stuff. But, uh, if you just really look at what she was doing on a grand scale, Across the board, uh, she ran it
0: into the ground.
1: Yeah, well, she sold
0: the publishing to all the music and then tried to get them back.
1: Well, and- she didn't sell the publishing. What happened is, you know, we have so many avenues to explore. Uh, you know yeah. the, the 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 madness behind the Zappa family trust. But if if you are the type of individual who has some free time and wants to learn about some of this stuff. One thing you could do is you could go to courtlisten.com, yeah. which has the Ricoh Disc uh, versus uh, the Zappa Family Trust legal. It has all the information about the judgment and what happened in the case. Now, here's the thing. I just went there myself, and I was horrified to find out the information that was on there. I mean, it, it is, it's is—it's sad, and, and and it makes me so upset and angry to to see... She had told us, my mother, Gail, had told the family and so many others that uh that Frank had uh I'm getting uh, upset about this, but she she had told us all that Frank had withheld the digital rights, uh, meaning that when Ricoh Disc was to distribute his catalog, that he withheld any kind of rights for downloading or whatever the new digital thing because at the time. Uh, iTunes and all that stuff wasn't in business yet. Right. So she said, yes, you know, Frank had the foresight to do this and um, they can't put this up on iTunes. So, of course, when Ryko Disc put it up on iTunes, there was this big lawsuit and um, it lasted for almost 20 years. Uh, And so the thing was... If you go to courtlisten.com you can see the judgment and you can see the language in the the contract and it is so in, incredibly specific that it 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 was clear that the, that Ryko disc did have the digital rights the entire time. And here's the thing, Frank actually had a will and it had a very different outcome in terms of who was to do what. Uh, but that will was uh according to our our mother, uh, here's the thing. When Frank died, we didn't really know anything about uh, what the, the procedure is. Nobody came to us and said, okay, here's uh, here's what you need to know about probate. Here's what you need to know about this, that, or the other. None of that was told to us because we were told there was no will. Yeah. By your mother. Yes. But she hid this thing, and it was sitting there for 20-plus years, only to be discovered recently.
0: It was discovered. Yes and and and
1: it had a very different set of of guidelines for how the zft was to go but see uh the the thing about that i'm not i'm not here talking about oh you know i uh i didn't get justice on on the will or anything like that it's you know It's frustrating to learn these things that uh, you go through your life and you you're told information by your mother and you expect it to be accurate information only to find that it's just not. And I mean, there's so many other avenues where this this took place. Like we were told for years that um, Frank didn't want to have anything to do with his own family, like his brothers and sister and, and, uh, and all that stuff. So. There was no connection for us with that side of the family at all. Yeah. I recently met Frank's brother, Bobby, after not seeing him for 35 years. Yeah. And he told me a very different story about how he could never get in touch with Frank, you know, because Frank didn't really ever answer the phone. Gail Gail answered the phone. Right. So... He even when Frank was really ill the week before he died, Bobby came to Los Angeles and he and he wasn't able to to come and see him, and it's just upsetting to me because I didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, had I known, you know, I I would have said something. I would have done something. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, <laughs> the, the thing about it is, the stories I've heard from him are. You know, it's, it's great to actually see him and, and see, it's like uh, because he's close in age to Frank and he's related to Frank, it's like almost sitting with Frank now. Yeah. You know, you can see him and and, and it's just upsetting that he didn't get to be in touch with him and, you God, know. So. Uh, but he wrote a great book, which I read, uh, called Growing Up Zappa. And it, it's got pictures of him and, um, and Frank. And, and I, you know, it was... Did your mom try to stop that book? I don't think she had the chance. <laughs> it was <laughs> cathartic for me to to you know read some of that stuff, but it was nice to to you know reconnect with him and and it's just uh, you know. So, but where do you put this? Like when you contextualize
0: this whole thing, are you are you able? What do you just see? Your Gail is mentally
1: ill. You know, I mean, I try to look at it as uh, I grew up uh, with really a great childhood I was I, I was uh, not <laughs> uh, exposed to any kind of uh, stuff that was had conflict or any of this kind of uh, behavior that I'm now experiencing uh, it was only after Frank passed away that things started to uh, disintegrate within my relationship with my mom but also within the, the family itself um, but you know it, it's it's interesting because some people have written some things that I I didn't really know anything about, but I, I've seen it, especially from people in Italy, which is uh, particularly interesting. <laughs> they they liken the behavior that they have seen in this and what they have gathered from the information about what Gail has done over the years, what my mother has done over the years, uh, and they, they say, oh, it's just like the Medea complex. I don't know if you know the Medea complex. I don't know what specifically, it's, no. Uh, it's Greek mythology. It's uh, a character who was scorned by her husband. And because of this deep-seated, deep-rooted pain and suffering that she experienced, she decided to kill their children as a way to get back to the right. the person who scorned her. So it's all out of spite against Frank. Well, because there's, you know, when I read that and I think, well, you know, some of that just feels like uh, maybe there's a parallel in, in sure. some way because there, there was times where, uh, for example, you know, I would be asking her, I said, we need to get some tour dates up on the Zappa.com site. And it's been weeks and weeks and weeks. And we've been asking, can we just get these tour dates up there? And, and she just would change the subject and say to me, I'm not just some some groupie your father fucked you know and and i'd be like uh what does that have to do with the tour dates you know right so
0: yeah so she had all this fucking like resentment and hate
1: yeah i just uh, you know at times like that i was really confused uh because i'm like what is the what is the reason behind the delays and and the and all of the 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 obstacles that are created for for things it's not just things that were happening for me it was she blocked anybody that really had any interest in Frank's music so frequently i mean it, it, there were there's so many people in the world that like Frank's music that would like to play it and she just wouldn't allow it so for me i would have done it differently
0: <laughs> so what is it what what kind of outcome can we hope to get from this
1: at the end of the day people who like Frank's music are probably concerned, well, what does this have as an effect on, on us? Uh, How will it affect the music that comes out? What we get to hear, what we get to see, all that stuff. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I, I just know that, um, uh, there are several things that are going on that, uh, that are not consistent in the way that Frank would have done things as far as integrity goes. Well
0: that's so it's so tragic in so many ways, Medea Complex aside, that, you know, you got this artist who is your father who spent an entire lifetime maintaining integrity, living his own sort of personal universe and life, you know, with, with full commitment, full creative uh genius. And and now like the whole thing has become
1: you know, fragmented
0: and 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 sullied.
1: Well, you know, in in a way, the music will, uh, in my opinion, will never be sullied because it stands on of its course, own and yeah. it does it does what it uh, set out to do. Um, but the the other stuff can confuse people or turn people off if they're like, oh, I don't want to hear about this because a lot of people have this idea that, oh, this is trust fund kids that are. You know, Golden Spoon. Uh, do they? Uh, yeah, I think they do. Uh, but there is no trust. There is like there's something called the Zappa Family Trust, but there's no money in it. And uh, but
0: I think you know. most people look at you as a, a brilliant guitar player that you know has done great work in your own career. And I don't, I don't really know how you know what the public profile like. Certainly, Moon is remembered and and also does her creative work. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I I don't, I didn't, I didn't really sort of that didn't that characterization didn't ever struck me.
1: I've seen it before with with comments from from people that uh they just think oh it's you know it's rich kids fighting who gives a shit let me have the music you know. And uh it's not so
0: easy it turns out.
1: Well yeah but <laughs> yeah that that and you know uh look I I work hard to do what I do my wife is a flight attendant we keep that you know she keeps her job so we have health insurance you know right. this is uh, you know, I'm not I'm not running a, a lucrative operation here that is <laughs> no, you're like, not getting any of your merch money. <laughs> yeah. I mean my mom made more money sitting at home than I did going all over the world playing the music. And it's one thing to travel and do all that stuff, but it's uh I I have all of the expenses of travel, uh, airfare, buses, band salary, all that stuff. I'm paying all those expenses and getting nothing from the merch. Right. You know, the so, trust doesn't
0: cover any of that stuff. No, it never has. So w- what would you like to happen?
1: Well, basically what what is going on is uh, you know I, I have a way to to move forward and, and continue playing the music that my father wrote that I love and I uh, want other people to know about. Um, and I simply just had to change the name from Zappa play Zappa. so I will be going on tour and, and playing that music and uh, and hopefully the name change. Doesn't affect people's interest level, um, and hopefully all of this, you know, stuff that's in the media doesn't change people's uh, desire to, to want to hear this music and and support what uh, what Frank created. But I mean that that's really all that uh, that I can do is I just change the name and keep doing what I do. Uh, but the the funny part of it is that because they don't own this name of this tour they can't make any demands on the merch so they don't get to sell any merch right you know yeah. so so it's kind of like cutting off their nose despite their face uh, with the way that they handled the whole thing because i could have gone on playing as zappa play zappa we could have made an appropriate merch deal and it could have just been fine yeah but uh it's just not working that way now. I've changed the name and I'm going on. You're your on. own guy. Yeah. And how many guitars are there? Well, uh, it's hard to know because some of them disappeared over the last few years. I know of two that, that, uh, that used to be there that aren't there. Uh, there was a Stratocaster that um, had a gold Floyd Rose tremolo system on it and it had the parametric EQ stuff that Frank was using for several years in his guitars and that guitar went missing um a couple years ago uh and also a a Telecaster that was a butterscotch colored one that he had custom made from performance guitar and that went missing and I told Gail about those you know like those don't exist like where are they you know someone's got them Somebody has them. I don't know. You know, uh, Gail was allowing people to record yeah. in the studio and use Frank's guitars. Um, and someone on, just walk with them, probably. God
0: damn! Um, but someone knows where those are.
1: But other than that, there's probably about mm, twelve or thirteen. But it, it, on the subject of the guitars, you know, everybody when Frank passed, everybody was given uh, some items. I was given the guitars. And then about four or five years later, Gail, uh, uh, my mom, (laughs) decided that uh, um, they were hers again. Because they were being stored at the house uh, in the studio where she was living, she just said, they're mine, you know? Yeah. Uh, Upon her death, she decided to give three of them of her choice back to me, but without the cases. Why that caveat? I don't know. And I even asked and I said, well, at least with these guitars, you know, surely you could uh, throw in the cases because it's just silly. You know, the cases are not anywhere near as valuable as the guitars. What is the point of not having a case? And and uh, it was still like, nope, this is how Gail wants it. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. And wasn't there sort of like, you better come over and get them now? Well, yeah, and I I haven't actually taken possession of those guitars yet because I, I haven't had... I've been touring and, and all this stuff. I haven't had a chance to go up there. Do you not...
0: Is it too emotional, too? I mean, it's got to be fucking heavy to go back up there.
1: Well, I don't even think they're at the house anymore. I think they've been moved to a new location, but... Uh, but
0: just to see the house. Yeah. Aren't you, don't you want to go up there before it goes?
1: No. you know, I mean, the thing is, uh, 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 we... We were told, hey, put a tag on anything that you're interested in, you know, and I just decided because of this mess, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll just keep the good memories that I have. I'm not going to, uh, you know, worry about just random things that are in the house. Although I would like uh, the note that Frank wrote to me that Gail kept, you know, Frank, you know, my dad wrote a note. He wrote them to everybody. Um, but she kept mine and I don't know where it is. I never got to, to have this. Uh, On his deathbed, you mean? Yeah. And you never saw it? I saw it uh, once, but uh, she just kept it. What did it say? It just basically said, I love you. But I, I didn't get it back.
0: I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry you go through this shit. It's, I really am.
1: It's messed up.
0: It is. Um well, I hope I hope you get some closure on this stuff and I hope it doesn't fuck your, you know, your heart
1: up for the rest of your life. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's none of it has to happen the way that it's happening and and at the end of the day it's like you know, it's about music. I mean, you know, Frank made great music. He was an incredible person and yeah. and why Does this stuff have to happen over (laughs) just dumb stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. Uh, And I certainly don't want to be (sighs) continuing down a path that, that alienates people against Frank's music or against the family or anything like that.
0: Well, I mean, I do believe that with your passion and your respect and your, you know you know loyalty to to the legacy of the music itself that you know this will be a time where i think people will will come out more to understand you know because it's such a specific thing frank and 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 it's a, it's a universe that you know people can enter and spend their life in and and i think that 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 they should know that. That it's always been a very specific thing for very special people. Yeah. And I and I think that, you know, what you're doing is is what you were, you know, destined and supposed to do. And I'm just happy that you you still have found a way to have the freedom to do that.
1: Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the people that support the music and and uh, what we do. But uh, you know, there's definitely going to continue to be things out there for them to enjoy, including that film, eat that question, which you definitely should see. It 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 really is. It's kind of like we talked before about Gateway Records and things yeah. in Frank's career. This is a gateway film you, into Frank. Yeah, you. There's some really cool, rare footage that hasn't been seen of shows, uh, performances in the early, early days. You know, oh, great. where you see him when he's like 27 years old. You know, doing
0: and, way out there shit.
1: Yeah, there's some definitely crazy stuff. You know, he tells a story about um, being in Berlin and having um, parts of the audience that were as he called them fascists who were they asked him to be part of something where he was asked to help burn something down and he refused so they started creating a problem at the show and frank discusses how he just turned the volume up and created these waves of terrifying Cluster chords that would <laughs> drive the audience back, <laughs> uh, and but the audience that came to the show thought, "Oh, this is just what we what Frank Zappa does," you know. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear him talk about it, and they have some footage that's not specifically from that uh, exact thing that he describes, but it's cool footage nonetheless of uh, the show in Berlin. Well, it's uh, great. I'm excited to see it, and
0: and it, and I feel you know that that the music you know will obviously and certainly transcend all this shit
1: i know it already has you yeah. know I, and and I, I know that uh all of this stuff even in my own life it will all just be transcended you know i'm the kind of person that is just uh, you know i can't worry about the past or the future i just stay in the moment as best as possible so you know i'm just gonna learn some songs go on tour you know have have a great time uh living in that music while i'm on stage and uh and uh i hope that people will come and enjoy it and when's the tour start uh first show is july 1st where uh taos new mexico really (laughs) yeah is it a festival uh, no, I think this one's just our own show, but then we do play a show with Um Umphreys McGee at Red Rocks in Colorado. Uh, and where can people find the dates and stuff? Dweezelzappaworld.com.
0: I just, I, I, my hope for you is that somehow or another you, you process it, you know, emotionally, you know, and, 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 and get past it.
1: I, to me i i'm already there you know okay. i just i i play the music and i spend time with my my family my wife my kids i still you know i hang out with moon and matilda and and all that stuff is great you know uh the, all all those things i can't complain about um i this other stuff is a nuisance uh, yeah but it's just it's also just really dumb and expensive to deal with absolutely just go get those three guitars I would love to do that. I'd love to get the rest of them too, you know? Well, I hope that works out. Thanks very much. <laughs> good talking to you.
0: That was hard, man. That was hard for me, but it felt good. It felt cathartic for both of us. You know, it's weird when, you know, I, I, I wonder sometimes why I get so connected and so attached to some narratives and. You know, obviously, my own relationship with my father is difficult and different, clearly, but but father stuff whew, gets me right in the kishkis. Huh? How about a little Yiddish for you? How about a little of that? Go to Dweezelworld.com for tour info and check out that new documentary, Eat That Question, Frank Zappa in his own words. Also, I, I need to tell you um, that we reached out uh, to, uh, to Ahmet Zappa, and asked him if he wanted to offer a response, and I got this from his publicist. Hi, Mark. As publicist for the Zappa Family Trust, we appreciate you reaching out to Ahmet about comments for your podcast with Dweezil. Ahmet doesn't have any comments to make at this time. Best, Mitch and Marcy. So now, moving on to the next guest, Dion Cole. I got to tell you, I had a great conversation here i finished this conversation i had a great time i had fun i got i had some laughter we had we were two comics talking together and i had a cop to the fact that look i had met him several times he used to write over a conan um and now he's on tv a lot and we talk about uh his role on uh on blackish uh and and i just never registered him and then one night i saw him at the comedy store i brought him up asked the sound guy who's next and he said Dion cole and i was like who and then i brought up Dion cole and i'm like oh fuck i know him. it was one of those things and uh, he, he did an amazing set and uh and it was great that we connected it, it was just one of those fun comic conversations and uh Deon's special cold-blooded seminar airs this saturday june 25th at midnight and soon after on the comedy central app Okay, so that's on Comedy Central. And then you'll get it on the app if you want to. But enjoy me and Dion Cole enjoying each other's company. Dion Cole. Yes. You know, I you know, I, I think I owe you an apology. <laughs> you owe me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of times, like, I don't feel like I quite register... You. <laughs> what? The, why? Why not, man? No, I mean, like, you know, I've been doing Conan for years, and mm-hmm. I know you're a writer over there, and I, and I, and it's like I've been doing that show since the mid-'90s, so I'd yeah. see the writers come and go, and then yeah. by the time it, like I wasn't on, he didn't have me on The Tonight Show, but by the time um. I got over there to TBS, you know, you were around, and you were the, one of the writers, and I didn't really put it together that you were stand-up, and then I re- realized you were stand-up, and then one night at the <laughs> comedy store... I know you who you are, and I fucked up your intro. Like, I'm like, who the fuck is it? Because they were like, I'm like, who's next? And the main room, they're like, Dion Cole, and I'm like, who? Dion what? And I like I just fucked up the intro and then you got out there and I'm like, I know that guy. What kind of fucking asshole? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it. I
2: was like, wow. I was like, every time I see him, I introduce myself. i mean, like, and I said to myself, I said, I'm gonna keep doing it to you <laughs> know my goddamn name. I'm just gonna I don't even care. I don't care how many times it takes.
0: I don't know what the fuck that that is. Like, cause you know what it is, is cause I didn't know you as a comic.
2: Yeah. And I
0: don't see you you know where I only work at the store, so like right. it, it, I just didn't register it. But then I like yeah, I know yeah. you're a Conan, <laughs> and then there was also one of those things that maybe in my head it's like he doesn't fit in here. What's he doing here? What? It's like this got to be lot some of sort of. Was thinking that was like, what is he doing? Yeah, there? like but you know because I've known that 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 crew for so long, and right, it is really. Right. Probably you know one of the whitest shows on television. Yes, it is. And,
2: <laughs> I, and everybody knows it. All my friends know it. We all know it. We oh like, really? Yeah. When I, I mean, when I first got over there, I was like, "Whoa, I'm gonna be lonely
0: as hell <laughs> over here." I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but it, it, but it, like it, I think that's sort that's why there's this lack of connection. Yeah. because like, I never really thought about it until like you know, and then I thought, here's what I was thinking. I'm like. <laughs> He must be one of those alt black guys. So it must be one of those alternative black dudes. <laughs> what's so crazy is a lot of people think
2: that even black people think that but then when they get we're around me they be like nah this is this is a real motherfucker <laughs> right here this is just a real nigga <laughs> right yeah, here yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing over here then how did you get lost <laughs> well what what do you say to him nah i just tell him man we just linked up i think it. i think it was because of that that Cody was like you know what man let's rock let's do something because i just was who i was and that was it it wasn't no no bells and whistles with it well you where'd know?
0: you where'd you meet conan
2: man i did the i did the uh tonight show when he had the tonight show as a guest oh so they
0: just booked you yeah, as a comic me as a
2: guy yeah as a comic and i yeah. did like four and a half minutes so my man jp uh buck booked, yeah buck yeah yeah book me and Next thing I know, uh, man, about three weeks later, my manager called me, like, I only want you to write for him. I'm like, write what? You write, hey, you hello, do you have the right number? <laughs> <driver? laughs> I was like, what do they want me to write? Like, <laughs> and I was like, I gotta submit something? They was like, nah, they like, just be here Monday. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I got all these shows coming up, they like.
0: Oh, really, like, that's funny, the comic is like, yeah, "The comic." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm playing some shithole outside of Chicago. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cancel that.
2: That's $500. I know. Like, what are right. you talking exactly. about? Exactly.
0: Is this for real? Because I got about $1,200 worth of work in the next three months that I don't want to miss. <laughs> <laughs> and why you bullshit, that's exactly what oh, yeah.
2: my mom was thinking of. I don't want to get
0: out there and then have them uh, and go like, oh, we made the wrong decision.
2: Yes, and then I miss these and shows. I, yeah, yeah, and then what am I going to do? i going to do? I was like, man, that's crazy. So you were living in Chicago when that happened? Yeah, I was living in Chicago. I know, actually, you know, I was in L.A., but I, I came out to L.A. to do some voiceover Work that right. was, but w- you, you were scheduled for my voice, too, or you yeah, just yeah, like I had an interview, you had gigs. I had an interview, yeah, DreamWorks. I had an interview, and they were like, Yeah, we really love your voice for animation, we got some projects coming up, you should move out here. And I was like,
0: Great, where'd they find you from the Conan show, too? No, I did the showcase in Aspen, um, at the Aspen, oh, uh, the, the, it's not the HBO festival,
2: you, and uh, was it? The, it was, it was the HBO, you Aspen were at the, the last comedy, one, I was at the last one. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. No shit. Yes. And at that, that's why I met J.P. Buck and, and uh, these other people that, that wanted me to do some animation. And when I moved out there, they... Um they didn't even open the gate for me. Was like, <laughs> really? This I was, was out, out like, there, I was there like out who? There. I was out there with like a, a Swiss Army type of uh, tie uh-huh. and jacket, and that's all I like could afford. Was that? I was out there like man, like yep, it was no call or nothing. So, so
0: oh, you didn't even get the appointment?
2: No, nah, like no, because you didn't nothing. have any I representation. Back, like man, I don't know what it was. They just didn't mess with me, and I just was like, wow. So you moved out here because so then,
0: DreamWorks said they I just, wanted you yep, to do some I'll cartoon do some, voices. Do some cartoon and that was enough for you. i was like, up. I was like,
2: man, that's good. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. Because I wanted to leave Chicago, but I just needed a reason. Yeah. Somebody could have told me I sure. could have did commercial work. I would have been like, I'm out. I just yeah. needed that one yeah. reason. That's enough. And I don't think that was like a big a uh, reason enough for me to leave, but I ended up doing it and I left and jetted and came out and it didn't work and I just was like out here, uh-huh. but I was still going back to Chicago. But I for had the five hundred dollar gigs, yeah, because I didn't want yeah. nobody to know that I lived out in L.A. because I thought if people knew I lived in L.A., they would treat me like everybody else. So right. if I look like I visit, right. then I probably get better stage time. This that and right, stuff, right. So I wouldn't let nobody live out here. So. so oh,
0: so you didn't want them to know because they you didn't want them to think like oh you're that guy, you're yeah, big yeah, shot. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you were out here now. Yeah. You're just out. So I, I didn't want it to
2: look like I lived out here, but yeah, I had a place out here.
0: That's weird that that was the end of the bo- the comedy, the HBO yeah, comedy. Because yeah, I was that just telling shit. Michelle mm-hmm. that the, when, when I did it like in '95, maybe the first or the second one, because we were talking about Chicago a little yeah. bit. There was this weird thing where, like, it, it I, I'll never forget it because, like, not unlike Conan, on some level, Aspen mm-hmm. is about the whitest place in the world. The on, on yeah so but that <laughs> year in 95 they brought out they had a black show and they brought out bernie mac and cedric what? and a couple other dudes like but no one knew who they were they were just black circuit guys at that time wow. and it was like what's going on <laughs> and like you like and bernie mac was really the blackest guy in the world yeah. <laughs> and just i just remember watching bernie mac on stage in aspen none of us can fucking Ooh. breathe and it's just all that industry and all those white people and he's up there just sweating <laughs> you know doing it Bernie Mac shit, yeah. and people are like, What's happening? It was like, it was one of the greatest <laughs> nights of comedy I ever saw in my life. They didn't because it was like, not oh, they, they, it was, they'd never seen anything Yo, like I it. I can visualize this right now. And, I know, it and he crazy. was uncomfortable, you know, just being up there walking around the street, he didn't bring the right shoes, you know, <laughs> the altitude,
1: right? It's all, all right? stacked
0: against you. And he, and I think that's how he got uh, Ruth oh, Ann and man. the Bernie Mac show and all that shit. That's funny, man. it yeah, was funny, so
2: right up there. I remember Kid Capri had a party up there, and no one was there. <laughs> I think it was just me, him, and a couple other people to the point where he, he was playing what he wanted to hear. It right, was, yeah. <laughs> it's was like no download it. songs he never <laughs> bought. and It wasn't even a party. It was just like us grooving, listening to music. No one showed up. Oh, my like, God. It was so white. No one knew
0: who Kid Capri was. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> I was going to play along, but I figured I, I'll, I'll cop to it. <laughs> Kid Capri is one of the biggest DJs. Oh, yeah, DJs. So yeah. 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 Like, I'd feel bad if it was a rapper. I didn't, like, you know, a <laughs> nah, DJ. That's nah. completely out of my That's, that's one, one, one step further to, nah. like, things I don't fucking nah. know about. <laughs> it's like I see those, uh, sometimes I see those billboards uh, on Sunset for those people who are going to be in Vegas. Yeah, you ever yeah, see those? I'm yeah, like, are yeah, they yeah. making those guys up? And then someone told me they're DJs. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Just guys with one name. Calvin <laughs> Harris. <laughs> <and it's> just, <laughs>
2: Calvin Harris? Yeah, I don't he
0: <laughs> yeah, why is he at the Mirage? What's he going to be doing there? I guess people just like to dance. So, all right, like, because oh, I, and I've watched your stand-up, you know, and I've seen you live and stuff, and yeah, I know you're over at Conan, but it is sort of a a little bit of a, a brain fuck and i'm not apparently the only mm. one that was like not able to sort of place you yeah but you you know you got chops so where'd you grow up in chicago man south side, south side of
2: chicago that's where i started everything that and
0: um is yeah. that is that uh what's that neighborhood i know that like is that crazy ill it, crazy Ill. yeah yeah it's like that's Ill. where all the uh the murdering is yeah. They're like
2: Southside. They're known for that. They're known for pizza and murder. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do tonight? I don't know. Make Get some pizza, pizza and try kid. to make it home. <laughs> that's a sport. Yeah, that's yeah. a sport, Chicago. Get some yeah. pizza and make it home. Yeah,
0: that's, a, that's a, the sport they don't show on TV until after it's lost. Yeah. That guy didn't win.
2: It's just pizza slices <laughs> on the ground. Everywhere of people who didn't make it, <laughs> but
0: it is like, uh, like that. Like I don't, I've grown to to like Chicago. Like I've gone, yeah, yeah. Y- y- you know, I've I've grown to appreciate it because it's a real fucking city. You know, place, there's there's not that place. many real cities, yes, uh, that yes. have a, a real history and personality to it. But it is kind of like you know, Los Angeles, Boston, and uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. which are like clearly fucking like black people are over there. Yes. and this is where the white most people are. segregated city in the they, U.S., which is. Of Chicago is it? Yeah, it's
2: segregated to the point where the Irish over here, the Jewish is Still. over here, the Hispanics are over here, and then you have the blacks over here, and then you have the blacks segregated where it's like this class of blacks uh, of of money, and then this class of blacks without money, and the same thing with the whites. You have whites that are who don't have money, who's right. Further, further up, north, right. Than the ones who have money, right? And, and it's just, and then, then not the, then the Puerto Ricans, oh yeah, and then, then then the hispan then the Mexicans, It's it's, it's crazy. A lot of food options, though. (laughs) <laughs> oh you can eat your ass yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. you can leave and yeah. make it there. <laughs> Pizza slices, every no no. Pizza slices, <laughs> tacos, your, Ukrainian food, Ukrainian food. Po- po- <laughs> yeah, they no, you nuts. can eat your ass off in Chicago. That's some of the greatest. Well, what part did you food. grow up in, man? Like a hundred, <laughs> like the hundreds, one hundred and fifteenth, one hundred seventeenth and Lafayette, like way deep in the hundreds
0: And what what uh, what's your what was your family like? what did your uh, dad do, man? My father, he was uh, he worked for the.
2: Look at me, I think he was. <laughs> (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) what he told us standard black man stuff
0: i think he was uh, no
2: no he he was working for the post office and then he was retired whatever yeah so and your and your mom and him were together the whole time no 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 they wouldn't weren't together at all i really need highly Know my father like that. I knew i actually he just he just passed, like probably like about a week and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was crazy because I went to his funeral and this other dude like I didn't know him like that, but I thought I'd show up. But this right. other dude walked up to me and was like, Yeah, man, you know, man, sorry for your loss of your father. And I'm just like, Yeah, okay. He was like, he was a father to me too, you know. <laughs> he uh taught me how to, you know, deal with women and change tires on the car and yo, you know, he really dealt with me. We read the Bible together. We... And I'm looking at him like, really? You got my fu- yeah. childhood. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for your loss. But yeah. <laughs> your- <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you again? <laughs> why are you taking all my moments?
0: <laughs> but yeah, did man. You, who
2: was a kid? I, he worked with my father. I've oh. been knowing him for a long time. But yeah, I did That's not know thing, That's, That's a weird thing though. That's a weird thing when you,
0: you hear these people that have these different relationships with your father. Like I knew my father and there are people like, he was a great guy, nicest guy in the world. <laughs> Like, wait who are we talking
2: about <laughs> that's exactly what happened yeah, right man. i was
0: sitting up like what? what what are you talking about must be a different guy Might the right funeral <laughs> <laughs> who are they burying
2: we're talking about napo right that's <laughs> the same father's man. yeah yeah it was yeah it was crazy man so no nah, they they went together and uh but did know, my feel- mother my mother just raised me on her own you know that was it brothers and sisters no no just you just only child but i have a half sister that i found out about when i was 30 that my father had right and uh, <laughs> when you were 30 you met yeah that? i met her when i was 30 it was crazy just to see somebody that looked like you wow. did you <laughs> did you
0: like yeah, keep in touch with her or yeah nothing?
2: yeah yeah we yeah we i always wonder together. what that's like yeah we was together at um you know the funeral wait what was so crazy is when he died they were coming to us going okay you all had to take care of it because we next to can and I'm like, I've never even seen, dude, I got it. we gotta, gotta take care it. of this. And yeah, you did, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You I did mean, the right thing, right? The family did, too. I mean, like, the, his brother stepped up,
0: and yeah. yeah, everybody put, everybody got it together. <laughs> that, but it was the craziest It's thing, not yeah. the time to go like, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, let's just cremate him. How much is that? But I was like this. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? were you were you sad? Or you didn't you didn't have access to those emotions because you didn't have that much of a relationship.
2: Yeah, was? man. I was sad that we didn't always waited on that moment where we could sit back and. You know, him Him to go, yo, I see you making it, and everybody else told me that he really admired me and admired everything I did, but he just wouldn't tell me because he just lived with so much pride. He felt like, okay, his son is making it, but you know what, I don't wanna come around now. Now it's gonna look like because he making it, I'm coming around, so they wouldn't do that. Then Then he got sick and he was like, okay, I need his help, but I ain't going to reach out for his help because right. it's going to look like because I'm sick. I'm, you know, His, right. his pride kept him away from. And he probably, so. he
0: probably, if it, a little mixture of shame and pride. All of like, that. You know, yeah. I, I hung that kid out that's, to dry. That's a, a deadly combination, Jack. And, you I, right? Never had that yeah.
2: guilt and pride. Yeah, they're too. married. Oh, and
0: married. Yeah. You have <laughs> both of those together. <laughs> Yeah, you pride and, and insecurity. Another good couple. <laughs> That's
2: another yeah, good couple, yeah, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, you know what you never hear is pride and humility. That's not... <laughs> that, they don't, that don't... They don't go together. They're, not, uh, they're never dating, those two. <laughs> never in the same room. No, no, bro. never, never, never no, in the, no, the same no, room. No, humility bro. sees pride and they're like, yeah, yeah. I gotta go. That guy's never gonna show up. who
2: brought him here? Yeah, who yeah, brought yeah. humility yeah. Here? Yeah,
0: <laughs> Exactly. Get out! Get out! I'm working! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I'm>
1: working. <laughs> that's funny, man. So, well, then, okay. So he's that's yeah. just a week and a half ago, huh? Yeah, that
2: just happened, man. Yep. So you know, we. Uh,
0: and your mother, like, she didn't go, right? Nah, uh, my, my mother was like, hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's black women, That's, you, That annoys me so much. Just, yeah. uh-huh.
0: Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Just read into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just mm. that could be like, okay, or about time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. It can mean so much. <laughs> it can mean either one of those. I,
0: I feel a bit beginning. <laughs> I think we've got Dion's new I seven think minutes. We got a new seven minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bit.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, read into that. That's funny. man. So when did you did you? Uh, so you're just kicking around Chicago. Yeah. When did you start feeling like? Um, what'd your mom do to take care of everything? So what was her job? My mom worked several jobs. She used to work at this place called
2: Harold's Chicken. It was this chicken shack in Chicago that's really well known. They still have My mother worked at the currency exchange. She. Worked as many jobs as possible, but we didn't put like this. I was an only child, and we still didn't have shit. Right, like nothing. We used to put our food in in the snow because we didn't have a refrigerator. It was,
0: you
1: know, just really. uh, Yeah, refrigerator was
2: man. Oh, oh, really? Fridge, yeah. Snow. Put our food in the snow, man. What about in the
0: summer, man? You just didn't eat refrigerated items.
2: (laughs) Ice. (laughs) Used to go go buy bags of ice and put it in. Yeah, and put it in a bowl, and then Mm. just us put a lid on top of the big big bowl and put our food in there like lunch meat and used to be just basically young lunch meat and spam and stuff like that like steakhouse but
0: it was that bad you couldn't get a refrigerator
2: yeah yeah we used to like live in like a house where it wasn't rented out but they were trying to rent it out but until they rented it out they would let us stay there but it had no electricity or nothing but yeah so
0: but almost there. like illegal squatting with the like, like with the permission with of the, permission, the owner.
2: yes the permission of the owner letting us squat in one of his but apartments. not
0: give you the fucking electricity but when,
2: yes but would
0: not give us the electricity that's sort of a it's like you're kind of a nice guy yes <laughs> you're <laughs> not a great guy <laughs> You're doing this for your
2: sake yeah, right yeah. now, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's right. Kind of, yeah, yeah. He's not doing it for us. He's going, uh, eh, I'm gonna let them stay yeah. here. make a few
0: bucks. Yeah. But, but I'm not gonna take yeah, any chances nah, by nah. turning on the utilities.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the
1: fuck. We're man? not gonna
0: do that. And you grew up in that house, so no one bought that yeah, fucking yeah. house. No no, no we, we, we stayed there, we stayed there
2: for about probably like six months. Almost eight months we stayed there, and then we, my mother ended up getting another job, and we moved. So to a yeah, real we place, just, yeah. With a refrigerator, yes. We know, how old were that, you that. when you got yeah. the refrigerator? I think we was like, I think I was like probably about twelve. Oh, this, twelve, this twelve exciting. years old. 12, you, yeah, yeah You didn't have 12. to smell the lunch meat no. anymore. <laughs> no, I ain't had to smell the
1: lunch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I ain't had to smell the lunch. I ate so many sandwiches, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Like sometimes I still eat them because. I just i love making comfortable I, I love it's it's, of course. Just, it's poor shit that i still do i still look on the ground for
0: money yeah okay. still who doesn't eat sugars. do you do you still do it well, i don't look but if i see something you know <laughs> i'll pick it up generally even if it's a fucking penny like, you know
2: you got to do it right yeah, <laughs> yeah and that I, goes on forever
0: it doesn't matter how much money you got you well you, i mean sometimes so i pick that up. what am i going to do with that dime <laughs> <laughs> maybe someone Maybe that's a life changing dime. But that dime's gonna stay on your mind for a little, a little bit. bit. It, it, it like does. It, yeah, because then you judge yourself. Like, what have I become? What kind of? It sends you through a whole thing if you don't yeah, pick yeah, that yeah. dime up. Am I really that big a man that I'm just gonna leave money? <laughs> Am I a big asshole
2: where I'm gonna yeah. leave this fucking dime? I've, I've
0: experimented with throwing money away. Like, like I've had pennies, just like yeah. throw it away. <laughs> and sort of like, I don't know if that feels right. <laughs> I'm not. You can't just throw away money. Like no, that. No. <laughs> but no, but like those kind of foods, like you know, comfort food is comfort food. Like yes. what, what's a, what? What's the lunch meat that you like? Which it one It was turkey? Turkey bologna. Tur- oh yeah, turkey yeah.
2: bologna. Then it was like this cottage. It's called cottage salami. It was like oh the yeah, cheapest. yeah, yeah, it, it it yeah. Yeah, with, little, with those the peppercorns. The little in it.
0: peppercorns. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> is that in your writer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want Cristal and peppercorn salami in my room, yeah, god yeah. White I want, bread. White bread folded. <laughs> and some of that shitty yellow
0: mustard. French's mustard. Package. Packages. I don't want that Packets. fucking container. I want to feel like we had to take I it wanted- from a restaurant. That we stole it from, from the hot dog place. <laughs> This is what is how I feel
2: comfortable. I want all condiments in packages, <laughs> yeah, fucking jars. I don't want none of that jar shit. All that squeezable, no, fuck no, that. no. that's no.
0: soft. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when did you like? Uh, did you did you start doing comedy? When did you go to what? What was a? Uh, it was the like 90, 92,
2: 92 Like it looks like start. you've
0: been doing it a while. <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching I got the, the stress factor. Going no, on. no, I was just watching. The, like it was, it was a kind of an exciting experience for me because, mm-hmm. like, I know you write for Conan. I know you're doing the the bits. Well, see, on,
2: I, I, another thing too. I used to like write for him. Like now, I just do like freelance stuff while going to show. But but, but nonetheless,
0: yes. like you know, like that's how I was introduced to you, right? Yes. So so yes. like I like I spent like what however long it had been since I started mm-hmm. seeing you around, thinking like who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> You know, and then it's not adding up. It just doesn't add up. <laughs> you know? Because, oh, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not feeling the alt-black guy from this guy. He's not saying much, but he's definitely not, like, one of them black nerds. The, the rare black nerd guy. So like that so then is great. Yeah, so so then I watch your shit. I'm like, oh, this dude's a real dude. This, is like, this is like this guy's been doing comedy a long time. This is not like I'm just starting out. Shit, it's been going on for a while. Oh snap! So, but you know what I mean, like. Yes. So then I'm like, you know, there must have been. There's a whole history of of comedy that you came up in because I know the Chicago guys that are around yeah, your age yeah. and like in that, and you're not like you're not part of that thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like so when I watch the stand up I'm like oh well this guy's been at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when did you uh when did you start thinking you could do it? Who was it that you well, saw? Well, or-
2: well it was well it was I always I, n- I never thought that I was going to be a comic. It was the fact that I um I was just very observant, you yeah. know? and by me being like the only child, I just was observant to things, and I would question a lot of stuff, because- yeah, you know, a lot that's of time. Just, yeah, it was <laughs> just for real, I used to say- Did just, you like, have friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah and, good. and they were the ones that kinda put it in me a little bit, that yo, you need to do stand-up, because I would ask genuine questions when they would think like, yo, just leave it alone, but I would-
0: work drill it, it yeah. like
2: whatever it was to get the answer to this like if somebody tripped and failed in front of us yeah everyone would laugh and i will be more like why yeah. didn't they see that right did Fire they high did tw- they
0: trip over yeah, a dime man, because what was i'm going to go get that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> was that a
2: dime? They over <laughs> <there>? <laughs> yeah, man. I would question that. All, oh, that's all I do—question shit. Did that's you listen to comedy?
0: I... Did you like comedy?
2: It wasn't. I loved comedy, but it wasn't like that was something that I was like into. Like I, I wasn't into that really. Like I just, I, I really didn't know what my purpose was. But
0: yeah, I, I'm I still just... working on it. <laughs> Did you figure that out, right? Yet? Yo, no. So I'm still, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> asking out. Asking those before. questions. Right, right,
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so i just was like man so when, when i when my friend bet me he bet me to go on stage because he was just like dude how old you were, were saying you? some silly shit. i think i was like probably like 22 uh-huh. 22 at the time and he just bet me 50 bucks to go on stage and i was like all right let's do it it's, where at? Uh, at uh all jokes aside in chicago it's a club called all jokes aside and i went down there and on an open mic? Yeah, and they wouldn't let me get on for the first two weeks, then third week. Sit over there? Yes, yeah, sit over there. yeah, yeah With up, the other guys with looking the other sweaty, and sweaty and waiting. Yes, waiting. Yeah, waiting. Yeah. They would never let me on. And then Adele Givens, she let me go on, and she brought me on. and I, Was I, she hosting? Yeah, she was hosting. And I remember I couldn't sleep that night. I have after me, you I, did it? Or before? No, after I did it. After How'd it I go? Did it, it went Incredible. I think I got like a almost like a little standing ovation. Like it was like a few people that stood up and clapped. And that's at, that. At, I, that I, night, let me tell I you what like, that's called.
0: A few people stood up. Oh, okay, that's what it was. It was not a
2: standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: to, to me, then I was like, oh my God, what is this? There's, there's nothing more no. <laughs> sadder, sadder than the, the the partial standing. O. <laughs> like there's four people and a hundred people, they're like up, they're up. And then they, and then you just watch them start to feel weird about it. Like oh, I thought, there's. I, little- I thought everybody else was gonna stand up. Yeah. yeah, no, no. So that's what
2: it was. The boys. You, you could thank them personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice, yeah, sure. You could point it. at them individually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Very thank nice. You. All right. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of shit. So.
0: Did you write jokes or did you just wing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wrote, so I wrote you down that. stories. Well, no. I didn't
2: no, even know. I just wrote down stories that I've told people before that they laughed about. Right. And then I also wrote down how I felt about certain stuff. I didn't even know it was joke form. I just wrote down how I felt about certain things.
0: Right, but you, you, you were funny enough with your friends that you knew that had some effect.
2: Yeah, I knew that. I knew that that this was funny because I told it to yeah. s- several people. Like, I've told this story to several people. Yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. Laugh, so. So yeah. I think if I go up here, then it, it'll work. And right, it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just was like, okay.
0: So that was how old were you? 22?
2: Yeah, yeah. And what were you doing? Were you selling, working? Were you I was in wor- school, working at this place or? called Leather Makers, and I was selling weed at the time. Yeah, Leather yeah. Makers. Yep, and I was selling weed out of the leather shop. What was leather makers? What it, was, kind of- it, it sold all kind of leather coats and pants oh, yeah? and jackets and vests and all of that. Like a Wilson's. Oh a yeah. It was called leather makers. It was on it? the south side? Yeah, it was on the South Side and and me selling weed out of there. The the, the, the smell of leather, if you have so much leather around yeah. it kills any smell. Yeah. around you can smoke weed in a leather store and won't nobody smell it
0: make note <laughs> <laughs> lace your walls with leather the weed doesn't even matter anymore no <laughs> gives a fuck no smoke a weed fuck. everywhere yeah.
2: everywhere but then yeah. shit it was great God yeah damn. and yeah, the weed wasn't as
0: good as it is now nah, nah, so that's nah. 92? Yeah, 92 yeah it was 92 like
2: 92 dude uh, it's a long time man yeah man just been rocking out ever since man and man did you go to college yeah, I went to college for like a semester, yep. almost a year, and it's down in Arkansas. And oh. uh, this motherfucker started shooting at me and my friend Chris. And what? I, I don't know, because we was up north. I think that's what it was. That's That was around the time. Remember this HBO special called uh, Gang Banging in Little Rock? It was about just showing all these gangs in Little Rock. Uh-huh. It was around that time that that movie came out in. It was crazy in Little Rock how they was gangbanging. What school there. was that? Philander Smith. Uh uh-huh. School called Philander Smith, and they was just gangbanging so tough down there that it just.
0: What, like it just caught on. Like, yeah, it was like
2: West Coast, like it was Crips and Bloods down there, and, I, and I'm from Chicago, so we got like different gangs, like Folks and Vice Lords, and so that was a whole different experience to me that I couldn't wear a certain color. Like but what? So you grew up with the knowledge of that. I grew up under like uh, like folks and vice lords. Like that was like gangsters and uh, vice lords. I was in your neighborhood. Yeah, and it depended on which way you wear your hat. If you wore your hat to the left or the right, the bib of your hat. Yeah, you you had to watch out that. But but colors, uh,
0: I never dealt with. But as a kid you weren't in the gang but you still had to honor the hat code or no?
2: Yeah, you okay. had
0: to, yeah, if you came out, you better <laughs> wear
2: your hat straight as a duck bill. god damn it. You better, <laughs> straighter than cat hair. Your shit better be straight really? on your fucking head. Even
0: if you had nothing to do with gang, if you just had a neighborhood kid. had nothing to kid. do
2: with gang, you better wear your hat straight or don't wear it at all.
0: Yeah, so my I head. would go with the no hat option. And I did do
2: that yeah. but then when I was around other people, I would wear my hat because right, I right. thought it was strength and numbers. Yeah. And <laughs> we still got our ass.
0: You did <laughs> by who? Yeah. By the
2: vice. Yeah, order. by the gangs. Other gangs. Yeah, yeah. They'll come over there, and you know, because this is around the time when drugs was popping off too. Like this is like 84, 85. So you're like
0: ten. Like, yeah, I'm 10 young. Years old? I'm yes.
2: young, young as hell. And so it was, it was crazy how that that whole little gang
0: movement was going on. But the little gang. It's movement. worse
2: now, though. It was, it was more organized then. now. I don't know what the fuck they. But doing. you
0: get you get beat up but you wouldn't get shot
2: nah it wasn't like that yeah you you, you fought you were with kid. your hands and shit yeah right. you was fighting with your hands like wasn't nobody walking around with pistols and shit like at that at ten,
0: 10 years old yeah, no, hopefully yeah. not and
2: if you did fight somebody it's because you knew you was in their area or whatever And it made, it made sense in a sense yeah. that you know, it was like organized crime right, you right. knew if you was here then this was what's gonna happen but
0: what if you just gotta walk through yo um, damn shit Maybe figure out God another way you, yeah. <laughs> God bless you yeah God bless <laughs> you even as a kid yeah, just, i'm just a kid can't yeah, i go over yeah. there to that store yeah,
2: no nope. fuck that Nope. <laughs> you better send your sister <laughs> or somebody
0: oh shit so that's where it fucking starts that that weird kind of um specific territorial thing yeah. gets put in your brain that early yeah. that it's important
2: yeah absolutely yeah. and you
0: know because
2: you you know your your environment and, right. and, and it's cool as long as you in your environment, you cool, you know? But once I start like, doing stand-up and start traveling and all that, start seeing other parts of the world and shit like that, that's when I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, it was bigger than just me doing stand-up. I started learning about other people. it's other a very stuff.
0: small world that they're protecting, like that, that yeah, way of life because there's- a very the, small world. There's, like, a lot of them, and I'm talking about black people, mm. but not in a bad way, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you and i didn't, son I, didn't of a bitch. I didn't say those people a lot of those people are <laughs> But I just think in that environment, <laughs> their choices are limited. So that's what it all—it's all invested in maintaining that order. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But when you get yeah, out of you're there, like, you're Holy like, shit. Yeah, I can just yeah, walk you're over like, there. What?
2: What yeah. the fuck? Like, really? Like, I can do this? I can do that? It's crazy. It's a, a real my, mind and fuck. To, and to this day, it's like that. And and all over the country, you got motherfuckers here that live in Compton or whatever right. that have never left Compton right. because they can't leave that area or they don't have the means of money right. to travel, and that's all that they know. Right. You know. And so once you get out, you go, wow. And then you start realizing what am I fighting and killing for? On this block in this neighborhood, the world is bigger than this neighborhood, sure. and then yeah. you try to leave out. So, you know, hopefully somebody hear this and what, what, put yeah, their and gun get out or some N- shit. Yeah. yeah,
0: you're helping people.
2: <laughs> I know you got gangsters yeah. listening to your podcast. Gangsters, motherfuckers with weed right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. True, true, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. That motherfucking mark is true. That's true <laughs> shit, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> uh,
0: wait, oh, that was the funniest thing. Was uh, like today I watched a clip of yours from uh, Laugh a Palooza or something. Ooh. Ooh, yeah it's an old clip but old clip. but the funny thing about it was someone had shot the clip you gotta go watch it he shot it he, it's a guy taping it off his TV with his phone uh. alright so that's the clip it's like it's a TV being watched yes. by some other dude yeah. you got two laughs from that dude. <laughs> like, like I'm just watching it I'm, I'm trying to be like why is the sound fucked up and then I'm just watching him like I guess this sound sounds <laughs> fucked up on the clip and then like about three minutes in I hear it like <laughs> <laughs> Validation, man. It was, getting, it? it was great. It was great. Yeah. Just, it was great. Cause then all of a sudden I'm like waiting for because he's alone. You know he's yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah, you're yeah. getting actual audible laughs from a dude sitting alone with his phone, even if it's just two. That means you're doing something, good. man.
2: We should send everyone special to that dude. Yeah, it's exactly. Just
1: let you know
0: if your shit work or not. Right. No, I, didn't, I didn't know it was coming the first time. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's <laughs> is so dude. And then I'm waiting for him to laugh again. He did. He laughed again. That's so funny. Like there was those great tapes of like uh, (laughs) one of the great, I don't even know why I loved it so much, but when- uh, when Cat Williams melted down, you know, oh, on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there were people taming it with their phone, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I'm watching one of those, one of those phone videos, yeah, like, and you can hear it's just these black women be holding the phone, yeah, you know, and you just hear them like, "Oh shit, oh shit," yeah. and then like, uh, like all that shit's going on on stage, and then Suge Knight comes out, and and all you hear is one woman goes, is "That
1: Suge," I think that Suge. <laughs>
0: This is part of the show! This part, they're just excited
2: it's to see Shug! It's the best! Shows. It's the best! It's really. Is that Shug? Yeah, he's got <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that was funny, man.
0: So, all right. So, you're doing like, what is that club scene? Because there used to be the there was a a pretty important black club there for a long time. When uh, which uh, all jokes aside, is that what it was? Because I talked to at. the guys yeah. who ran
2: that. Yeah, Raymond Lambert and yeah. Mary Lindsay.
0: They did a a documentary on yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were it's you called, in that? Yeah, I was in. it. It's called Funny Business.
2: Right. I yeah. interviewed those guys. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. It was so great. that was that club. Yeah, that was that era, man. It was great because I mean, me being from Chicago, I thought it was many clubs like that, not knowing that that was the only black club like that in the country, just to see people in uniforms and they pay you by check and all that shit. That shit was crazy. Well, honestly, I didn't feel how other people felt where they was like, When it came to the clubs in Chicago, it was bars and stuff that paid you money out your pocket. But working the comedy club there, I thought everybody had that kind of comedy club. Right. But but it wasn't. But that was a specifically black club yeah it was specifically and black who, who
0: were the acts that were were coming up with but it was like
2: man i remember we used, we used to open for like steve harvey chappelle carlos mencia yeah uh cedric it was like everybody that was anybody dl yeah yeah it was like chris rock everybody yeah. played the club everybody it was a good club. whoever it was they played that club yeah it was fantastic and you know, it was it was ran like a like a well-oiled ship. It was yeah. like you do your time. If you go over your time, you get docked pay.
0: And oh, really? It, yeah. It was. It was. And no now, were you ship? like a uh, like a like a regular like opener? Yeah. You came up through the ranks. You opened, yeah. You featured. Yep. You're like one of the guys, the local guys. You yep. get the call. if You want to feature for somebody, and you're hoping you can feature for somebody if you see them coming. Exactly. And you're waiting for the call. Yeah, but
2: but at the time, I didn't even like I said, I was invested in comedy. I I liked comedy, but I, I mean, I really wasn't invested in it like that. But I didn't know all these acts. Yeah. All I knew was I liked comedy, and I did, and I knew all the big name comedians. I didn't know all these other guys yeah, that right. were coming through the club. I just was meeting them as they were coming through. And, and watching and, them? Yeah, and, and building a relationship with them and watching them and, 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 and learning how, what to do and what not to do. You yeah, know? And yeah, so, yeah not knowing that this was something that was unusual a job. yeah and it was a job it right. was a job but I, but i i didn't know that i thought everyone had this access yeah, yeah. to these great comics right? You know and right. so it was something that that, that made us, uh, you know, become who we are today. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely.
0: Just yeah. watching those dudes. Just watching these dudes. But you yeah. didn't come at it like, you know, you didn't have, it like, you didn't love Carlin or Pryor. No, or no. Ellen DeGeneres is one of my, like,
2: icon, like, I, <laughs> I'm patterning myself after her. It's crazy. Ellen, George, George. Stephen Wright. George who? carlin oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Steven
0: those are Klein. the guys that like you're like yeah those are the people <laughs> that, that you listen that, to that made that, you laugh that,
2: that made me go that's who i want to be like and that's that's i like i i love that off-putting type of material i, I look at comedy like it's magic like if you can't see the punchline coming like well that's but that's, the-
0: well, that's interesting because that's different than like you know george ellen and who was the other one Oh, uh, no, Stephen, Stephen right? Because like that's like what separates you in a way is that you know you got a very kind of like hard disposition up there, and your mm-hmm. delivery is is pretty like like a like old school black comic. Yeah, but you those are all like joke writers. Yeah, you're not telling yeah. stories necessarily. Right. You write
2: jokes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and like what I took from basically Ellen DeGeneres was taking a little bit of something and blowing it out of proportion. She's a queen right. of that. Right. George was very smart with how he broke down things. Yeah. And that was something that I was like, man, I want to be able to do that. Stephen Wright was clever. Right. He was the type of cat that he would, had a play on words that was like no other can do. Yeah. And so I thought, if I can take all of those bits and pieces and apply them to myself, as well as be a real motherfucker. Right. That I think that I might be in my own lane. Yeah. But it start happening without me even thinking about it, it start happening, and then when I realized it was happening, then I started embracing it more. But that's what it was, it was like, yeah, we can talk about some real motherfucking shit on some black shit or white shit, whatever it is. I don't have to have the the cadence of a token black guy. Right. Like, I don't have to be like, I can be me, and still
0: be on some clever shit, right? Well, you know I saw it? some of that, like in some of the older stuff, when you were using yeah. the device, you know, the list. Yeah, like because, like, because, like, by and large, you know, you pull that shit out. Yeah, you know? you're not really doing a character, but you're just gonna try
2: these jokes. Yeah, because I, I did it on Def Jam, but it was it was something that became a part of me by me using my notepad on stage back then, because I used to get so high, I used to just really honestly forget my jokes, and so. When I seen that that was working, that people was
0: laughing at me because of my notes. The beat was, you know, whether it worked or didn't work. You yeah, give if it, it worked, it, if it didn't work, where I you don't. You scratch it off, I and that, would that was scratch the joke. It off, yes. So it became a bit.
2: So it got to the point where I would do jokes that didn't work on purpose. Right. Because those got bigger laughs. Right, because of the, the reaction actual, to it, the like, actual no. written joke. So I had instilled it me to bomb on
0: purpose because that would be funnier right than me writing and, and, out a joke. And because the device work, it actually enabled you to try new jokes. and it actually allowed me yeah. to try new jokes.
2: Yes <laughs> yeah. it was pretty clever. Thank you very much. <laughs> did <laughs> you do it on your special no, no no i do you know what i do it i still do it from time to time i use my notepad but a lot of people a lot of people kind of do that now whatever but not 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 like i do it. no no the alt comics th- th- it used th- to be
0: like they that was one of the reasons why the old timers would get mad at alt comics yeah, it's, yeah. like yeah, it's like they break their notebook janine well i think really was, was the one that people remember doing it garofalo used yeah. to just bring the pads up but Richard Lewis does it too. He's yeah, got the yellow yeah, pads. Yeah. But um you got the gig on Conan, what, two thousand ten?
2: Yeah, I got the I got the gig on Conan in two thousand nine. Were you headlining? Were you Yeah, I was what? I was headlining, I was headlining, I was doing shows. Mostly all black all around, rooms. Mostly black rooms, but my audience was still kinda like I put it like this, I was never that comic that was I never was embraced by like the black crowd, right, like right, that right,
0: right, right, right,
2: because of my material. Because I came up in the ranks of you know catchphrases and motherfuckers <laughs> had suits with seventeen buttons and yeah. shit. You know, <laughs> Steve Harvey used to wear suits like that, but everybody used to bite off steve harvey's suits but steve was sharp as shit in his suits yeah he used to look good but it got to a point where comedians started using that shit as a crutch they was like where if he ain't funny at least he was sharp in the motherfucker like (laughs) so you saw young guys going out like buying suits and shit dudes who would be like gangster one day and then all of a sudden they'd be like like, got a hat (laughs) I got no hat, to do I wear the hat or not the
0: hat? <laughs> nah, maybe not the hat right away.
2: <laughs> they used to be so sharp, man, but I used to always be against that. I used to always be like, nah, no, I don't wanna do that. So when I got put on black shows, yeah. it would be for diversity. Reasons. You were the you were the. I was diversity. I was the diversity, the, the, was the diversity <laughs> as far as he's that now. kind of black guy.
0: <laughs> These other guys, we're gonna kind of have the fancy black people, and then this <laughs> guy, he's just gonna dress how he
2: wants to. No, no I would because I wouldn't put in asses in seats, but I would bring a different. Rhythm of yeah, comedy. Yeah, right, I still right. would be I still would be a, a be a black motherfucker. I wouldn't right. be like no token. No, no, right, right, dude. right. But I but the way I delivered my shit was different than the rest of the comics. So I used to get booked like that. I used to be like a comedian's comedian. Right, right, right. You know, so you're writing this like shit.
0: You yeah. you you had structure, you yeah. you weren't you weren't just charming. Yeah. You weren't just pandering. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I yeah. was like doing that work. Yeah, no, I was sitting back writing like motherfucker and trying to get that, get my pen together yeah yeah all together whatever so yeah i was like the diversity
0: that's funny <laughs> but you were headlining
2: yeah but then like but when i did like theater shows with other people right like, you know i would do that but yeah i was headlining because i did laughable loser def jam comic view i did like a whole bunch of uh tv shows as far as you know doing stand-up shows and stuff so people knew me and yeah i had a nice following or whatever yeah
0: yeah but when I hit Conan, that sent me to a whole nother level. But when you walk in, that, that's sort of an interesting shift is that, you know, like Conan had this intuition about, you know, when he saw you do stand up, he had this intuition that you were a writer. Like he could, he could feel that. And you you know the difference. Yeah, like you yeah. know, I I jerk around on stage, and like all all my shit, I I, I it creates itself on stage. You know, yeah. no one's gonna listen to me and go like, "That's a good joke."
2: Yeah, you know, like that, that
0: like I didn't see that coming or right, whatever. Because right, right. I do a different style, I'm more mm. conversational, more. But but he must have sensed that.
2: I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, because I mean, he he always makes moves on vibes and like he just feel like it's a vibe like i i, I was told a story of when he first had his show on late night yeah they had him hosting and interviewing i mean a whole lot of people as a co-host right and when he hired andy it wasn't even an no interview he just saw an- andy one day and they talked and had coffee and laughed and joked it up and he hired him yeah so it was everybody he interviewed he never hired them but he hired Andy, and so that was the same thing with me. You know, he but just... when you
0: when you get the gig, like like you had, you knew, like I I never worked in a writer room other than my TV show. That was the first experience I had. So did he yeah. bring you in? Did you start with monologues or sketches? how did you start? I went straight sketch.
2: Like when I came in, man, it was like when I got there, it was like okay. I tried to write like everybody. And it was like straight sketch. They gave me an office and all this and I just sat back and I was trying to write like everybody. Nobody gave me no blueprint. (laughs) I've never written for no show, nothing. I was just there in the writer's room, sitting there. And they like you'll catch on. I remember Mike Sweeney, the hair writer. He was like, man, I know he, him. Me. Oh yeah. I'm came Sweeney. up with him. Funny guy. Oh yeah, Sweeney. Sweet guy. Sweeney. Sweet, the sweetest guy. Ever. One of the funniest dudes I ever met. Very funny. As he a was, stand-up,
0: no one could do crowd work no like No one
2: and it's no crazy. one to this day, no one can do crowd work yeah. like Mike Sweeney. Yeah, it's amazing. And he was like, man, he was like, You'll catch on. He was like, and if you need any help, just let me know, but you're good. And so I just sat there and I tried to write stuff and it just wasn't nothing landing. And one day they were writing a bit for Andy because Andy's German and they was trying to write a bit where Andy's going to Oktoberfest. Right. And I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I was like, "What's Oktoberfest?" And they was like, "It's a drinking day for Germans." And I was like, "Everybody got a drinking day. Hispanics got Cinco de Mayo. Irish got St. Patrick's Day. Now they got that. I'm like, Black people need a drinking day." And (laughs) Right at that moment, everybody in the room looked at me and was like, go write that up. And I was like this, what? And was sweating bullets, what? They was like, go write that up. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do. They were just like, we'll show you. And they showed me this template, and they was like, go ahead, write down exactly what you just said. Yeah. And I was like, okay, and I wrote it down. And they was like, Conan wants you to come out we're Gonna open the curtain, you're gonna come out and you're gonna say exactly that, yeah, right on right on TV, yeah. And I was like, What are you talking about? And they was like, Do that, I said, Okay, and I did it, and it took off, yeah, and then after that. It just one thing led to another, and the next thing I was I was talking about um, black. There was no black haunted houses, and then <laughs> I started writing a bit on that, and then it just became this thing that we were doing. Where so you became like,
0: this personality, like this character. Yeah, I became this. Yeah, I so you're almost this like doing almost. a sketch. It was, yeah, it, it was you like were like I a was, recurring. sketch I was a character. recurring sketch character. That's right. how that how right. it
2: became. Right, right, and it became this thing where you got this real black dude from the south side of Chicago like <laughs> what are you doing here black dude type. Yeah. Yeah. and you got the whitest guy in America went to Harvard grew up right. in Boston coming together trying to understand whatever the situation right. was and just bouncing off of each <laughs> yeah. other and it just became it, that was it. it took off it was man it people t- loved it it took off Yeah, and that was it and just next thing I know I had two Emmy nominations and a writers guild, three (laughs) Night Writers Guild nominations I was like What? Yeah, I was ready to quit. (laughs) Were you (laughs) because I didn't understand the magnitude of that. I was I was still thinking stand up.
0: Oh, so you're like, and now, like, what am I doing? When
2: I first got there, yeah, yeah because I'm like, man, if, if I don't work and I quit all these,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I
2: let all these. Because that's our whole identity. That's how, that's how. Right. They, thank you so much. My identity was, hey, I'm I a have these shows. Yeah. I'm a stand up. That's what this is. Yeah. So I didn't understand what was going on at the time. Yeah. But then when I did, I was like, oh my God, how could I have even thought that way?
0: Well, but because of what most of us don't do that. Like, I didn't yes. know for years. Like, I knew guys would go right and I'd be like, what the fuck? You, you mean you gave up? Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you 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 couldn't cut it? Yeah. You know, you can go right. <laughs> 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 you know? And, and it never even dawned on me. I can barely write for myself. Yes. I'm going to sit in a room... With a bunch of dudes yeah, trying to make jokes. So like, I never got much satisfaction out of jokes. So like if I wrote a regular joke, like mm-hmm. a structured joke, yeah. I would look at it and I'd be like, that's pretty good. I'll do that once. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, because like jokes stop. If, yeah. I ke- if I keep talking, it doesn't stop. So what I grew to learn as I became more uh, professional about it, and, and actually after watching, oddly, watching uh, Bill Cosby himself, mm-hmm. that that like, you know, it's all jokes. Yeah, the whole story. Whole story's jokes, and it's like that. You're just not looking at, it, or you're not giving yourself enough credit. Yeah, There's, these are all jokes. So you've, if you can maximize those jokes separately within the story, yeah. then you're doing the work. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's real, and that's right, and, and yeah, that's
0: great. But I you're think. sort of riding that line now, where you know you, you like the character you were doing on Conan. Is that not that different from you, really? Yeah, yeah. So you got traction on that. So if people come see you, you're going to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Right, so yeah. they, it's not like that's not the guy from the TV show because it was <laughs> no. all l- luckily they, it was based on your thought. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah,
2: exactly. Just so now like this,
0: so like the the comedy special on Comedy Central is gonna, you know, kind of solidify that.
2: Yeah, because it's so many people. What's weird is because of me being on Blackish, uh, Angie Tribeca. A lot of people don't even know I do stand up.
0: I know, it's weird. You think it's like it's the you,
2: weirdest. Well, thing. the
0: media universe is so fragmented that when people go like, "I love you on that show," you got to be like, "Wait, which one? Which yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. your context of me?"
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. real though. It
0: is real. And it's weird. It's I don't question anymore. Some guy just came up to me in the back of the comedy store. I hadn't even gone on stage yet. Mm-hmm. Just walked by me and went, "Great job." And I'm like, "I <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, whatever it is, right? <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people they
2: they go like they'll 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 hit me on tw- on Instagram or Twitter, and I'd be like. Yo, like you a stand up? You're doing stand up? Right. I'm like, yeah. Or a lot of people think that I'm just trying to do stand-up. Well, that's now. the best
0: because you yeah, I mean it's like what like, you do. Like, like you got Yeah, that's oh, what got me on these shows. But you got like twenty years under your belt, so these people are like I just know you from that show. You're like, Well watch this. Yeah, and that's what's that's what happened.
2: Even with my special, when I take my, my comedy yeah. special special, people were showing up going, Yo, I, I wanna see I wanna see Charlie from Blackish, yeah. or I wanna see, you know, DJ Tanner or the guy from Cone and they like and they got there and they like wait a minute this dude is hilarious yeah.
0: not knowing that yeah for i've been real. Doing this
2: for 23 right, years right like, man that's great you know it's so, almost like
0: you were you were able to sort of like uh it's like surprise
2: yeah because it's like i got these shows usually i think people do these do they hour specials and yeah. then they get
0: Right, right, these right. Television right, shows right, right. and movies
2: and stuff. Yeah. It's like I, I had the bar, I got the barbershop movie, and I got these shows, and then I went to my special. Yeah. So it's a different kind of take on this, and I can't wait to see the outcome of this. You know, I just want everybody to check it out, and then, you know, come out to the show. Cause, right. Because you know what I'm doing now is you know, working on a whole new hour, so when the show comes out, it's cool. And I'm close to it, I think I'm up to like 40. So
0: then when the show comes out and it, it blows up, then you can be like, I'm gonna tour with a whole different hour. Yo,
2: that's a, yeah, that's that's the plan. I, and that's where I am right now. Right. Like right now, I got like about 40, 45 like hot, I mean, material yeah. that's good. So by time the twenty fifth, I'm gonna keep hitting stages until the twenty fifth, and yeah. when the twenty fifth hit, I should yeah, yeah. I'm doing. I'm building an hour. I and know it's, like, it's so rough though.
0: I well, because like when he started, like when because it used to be when you're just doing stand up and doing clubs and shit, you just show up and kind of evolve the You you know what I mean? Wasn't the same yes. crew. Not everybody knew you. Yeah. So you kind of just kept building the time you had. Yes. And then I, when the stakes get higher and everybody's up your ass and knows everything you're Social doing. Social media and all yeah, that and then, and, but then you're sitting there, you're like, I gotta write a new hour. Yes. And then there's that, the next moment is like, how the fuck do I do that? Yes.
2: And it is all so at once. hard.
0: And people don't understand that. And they come
2: out and they go, oh, that was great. Okay, what you got next? And yeah, right. like, what oh, do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs>
0: It took Next. me a year to do a this. year to put that together. And I just I got it polished. I took it out. You know I, I, you know, I it was great. I shot the special, and what I got now, I got to throw that shit away. Yeah. And then not every hardly anybody sees your shit. Yes. and you're playing to these nine people. You, you yes. know, that's the fucked up thing is like you know you assume like everybody here has seen it. Yeah. And then like if you if you, I used to ask, I'm like, how many people saw the special? And if it would be like nine people out of five hundred, <laughs> be like, I'm doing that shit. <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. Uh, you nine people talk to me after. I'll do a couple of new bits <laughs> I'll for do you. do
2: a couple of new bits for you. Just hang around. <laughs>
0: hang around. I got some new material. Wanna, I've been working on I've this stuff. I've been working
2: on this shit that <laughs> I want y'all to see.
0: Yeah, I, I've gotten, uh, like, personally, I've gotten a lot more open and a lot more friendly, and it, it's, uh, it's difficult for me to be that way.
2: Yeah, you know what, I used to be that way, like real secluded, and I used to be like. I used to I be angry. To, I, me too, I yeah. used to always be like, like especially when I came to LA, I used to be like, fuck LA, fuck LA, yeah, yeah. See, I'm sick of these lame and these phony people and da da da, and this one comedian chick named yeah. Dominique came up to me one day and she was like, well go home then, nigga. <laughs> And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Go home. I'm so tired. Every time I see you, you complaining about L.A. and it's always about Chicago. And you complain about all these lame motherfuckers. Either play the game out here or take your ass home." I don't know why that resonated with me more than anything. It resonated just, with
0: me. <laughs> like,
2: <you> know, <laughs> I shut the fuck up after that, and I, and after that, I just like, okay, I have to do what I have to do. I can't be as angry. I can't be. I have to just be nice, and I have to. I have to be in this world, and I have to. Well, just do I mean, your shit. Do your shit, and that's it. And that's what I started doing. And soon after that, that's when like I got Conan and all this other great shit started happening. Oh, and, she and saved it. your life. She saved my life. in real life, she was just like, "Yo, go your ass home."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now, like, so the special comes out, and you you got you're recurring on Blackish. Yeah, yeah. What is that like? How many episodes you get a year?
2: Well, it just depends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, depends on um, the networks and you know Ken, mm-hmm. Kenya Barris and Tom Hinkle. Um, Tom Hinkle is with Angie Tribeca and uh, Steve Carell and, and and Nancy Carell. They and, and that's TVS. a new show. That's right. Hey. That,
0: and how's that going? It's great. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's good. I saw man. the billboard.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's like airplane and naked gun or whatever. Really? You know? Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I got to check that out. Yeah.
2: And so and it's so Black funny because with me,
0: like you know, I, I I know about Blackish. I know about mm-hmm. Conan. But like you know, when I'm like getting the you, I'm like I'm just gonna watch the stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, right? Because that's, that's all
2: that you need, right? It's <laughs> <Here's> all you <laughs> need, but for the listeners, no, yes. no, 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 they're yes, doing yes. a lot of good shit. But you know I what? I want to
0: trivialize but it. But you
2: know what? No, no, and, and I appreciate that. But but nowadays, you have to you have to kind of link the face with the name sometimes with other things that you no, do. Absolutely, because
0: yeah, I, like because no, you know who who knows what's watching
2: what who's, who's watching, watching what? what, and then you want people to come see you when you do perform, you know, and like like. Uh, JJ from Good Times. Yeah. I didn't know his real name until I was yeah. 30. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just was always I was JJ, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But until you learned his name, yeah. he was like, "Oh, okay, right. cool." He does comedy. He, yeah, he does yeah, that's comedy. That's how it
0: started. But who knew he did comedy? Oh, I know okay. I didn't. So oh, now what are you are you sort of uh are you moving out of Conan? You just sort of occasionally. Well,
2: because of because of all those shows that yeah. I do, I don't have The time to be over there as much as I used to. But anytime I have time, I go over there and we always knock out bits all the time. Anytime I. And we always stay in contact. We go back and forth and be like, yo, should we do this and do that?
0: There's a lot of good comments on that. Like Lori Kilmartin's great comments. she's great. That's fantastic. Kylie.
2: Kylie. That's my man. Me and Kylie used to do bits all the time where I wrote stuff and he would read it for me because I couldn't. Read all the black shit I wrote, so it'd be great if this white guy read it for me. Yeah, really, white it, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kylie, we great. did
0: open mics together,
2: Kylie in you? Boston,
0: oh, man. oh, In like '90, yes. I was still in college, even like yes. right after college, like fucking late '80s, yes. dude.
2: Yes, I call I call him my sensei. He's my sensei, and and Jose Arroyo, he's a great great writer. I call him my sensei, too. And
0: and now, is your mom still alive?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah, then shout out she, to
2: my mom. Hey, mama, how, how does she?
0: Uh, how's she feeling about everything? She, about? Man, she's ecstatic.
2: Man, my mother is. She don't work no more, yeah. so she she <laughs> she chilling. <laughs> I got worked,
0: chillin'. out. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, worked yep. out. Getting we that know. bucket of ice and those bologna <laughs> sandwiches. It paid off. <laughs> that fucking salami she made paid it. off. She, yes, yeah,
2: she kept me alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she fed me, <laughs> <laughs> paid off. I'm giving her all the salami she wants right now, man. And yeah, she's man. in Chicago still. Yeah, she's in Chicago. She's chilling. My son Dylan. You got a there. son? Yeah, he's 13. It's my son. 13. Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Where's that? Are you married? Yeah, no, no, I'm not married. Mm-mm. Just had one of them. Yeah, I have one. We, was, I mean, you know, yeah. you know the, you know, it's <laughs> I've time. heard. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard. <laughs> I've heard stories of yeah, yeah. that whole baby thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, shout out to my son, Dylan. Yeah, he's we, in Chicago, too? Yeah, he's in Chicago, too. With his yeah. mom? Yeah, yeah, with his mom. And you get along yeah. with her? Yeah, we good oh, people, good. man. Yeah, shout out to Tamika. That's my <laughs> good. girl. Yeah, she, man, she, she hold it all down. You know, she holds it down while, you know, when I'm gone. and Yeah, she keeps it together. Yeah. But you guys are together or you're not together? No, no, we're not together. Yeah, yeah. But well, we just, we... We good friends. You always there with the kid you always there for the kid? Always there. We good friends. We great That's parents. Good. We There's no beef, no nothing. Does the we, kid come out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Comes out here a lot. Yeah. He comes out here, I go there, yeah. We we just went to the White House. I took you him to the White House. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What,
0: what'd you do over there?
2: Well we uh Obama had the cast of blackish come read stories, Easter Easter egg stories no for shit. the. Uh for, for the kids. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, it was it was great. We sat up. We went in the White House and walked around. Oh, and took man. with Obama. Yeah? It was crazy town.
0: That was when
2: uh, they had to lock the White House down. There was a shooting going on that same time we was there. The guy
0: yeah. showed up on the- in
2: Yeah, the Easter Sunday. We was there. Oh and really? The whole cast and
0: yeah. you were locked down.
2: Yeah, they locked in down. the White House. They locked the whole White House down, the whole lawn and everything. So nobody leave or nothing?
0: Felt pretty safe, I guess. Yeah, probably yeah, about
2: the safest it was, place you could man, be. Man, there was snipers everywhere, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I kept trying to keep all the all the women from freaking walking, out, walking in front of the, the, <laughs> the police. I wanted them <laughs> to stay focused. I was like, "Get your ass out of here with, with your mini skirt on and shit." He's got to focus, oh shit. Uh, and what was uh, obama
0: like for you
2: man he's real cool
0: he is right he's real cool yeah i mean easy you know, going dude man laid super, back super chill you know he's, he's very disarming because you're like it's the fucking president he's like right. what's up man you're like yep, oh we're that way okay <laughs> oh we're cool yeah yeah oh, okay <laughs> i didn't know
2: we were gonna be cool we're just gonna right. talk like yeah, people you had him at your house yeah yeah, yeah. and i was yeah. surprised
0: because right away he's like yeah what's he's making fun of me in here and i'm like oh <laughs> that's how it's gonna go <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, all right. You're man. just a guy, I guess. <laughs> just a guy that's he's the most powerful guy in the world, but you're just hanging out. Talking about us. Yeah. Talking about me. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. Yeah, no, no. He he was great, man. And yeah, we all went up there. And yeah, it was great, man. Anthony Anderson and the whole cast and all of us went up there. It was great.
0: That show's doing well.
2: Yeah, Black is just doing really good, man.
0: Come do you up, have any? Are you writing up. on that too? Or do you have any input no, on it? I, went to the, I
2: wasn't even supposed to be on there. I went yeah. over there to write.
0: Oh really? And, yeah, they hired
2: and, you and, to write, and the guy, no I was interviewing oh, okay. to write, and yeah. the guy that was supposed to play the character I play didn't show up, and I ended up playing him. That's how. I, that's. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Anything I've ever auditioned for, I've never got. Never. It's always been off vibes that I had with people with Conan. Yeah. My Angie Tribeca with Steve Carell. Yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be on that show neither. Steve Carell wrote part for me he didn't even it wasn't even a part for me he wrote me into that show uh with with the blackish i just we went went there
0: to interview as a writer and And the guy they hired to play the part didn't show up right and i me and kenya knew what happened i have no idea
2: me and kenya had an idea of how this character should be because the character is based off of him and he just asked me, "Yo, shit!" He was like, "Man, you should do it." Like me, yeah. this 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 lady who thought of me, her name was Tamra Goins. She thought of me and was like, "Yo, you should get Deanna right over there." And then that's how it all went down. And he didn't show up, and I went and that played. Okay,
0: well, up. I'm not going to be specific here, but let this be a lesson yes. to those who it concerns that maybe you show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe time. Maybe, just maybe. You might want to show up on time. <laughs> now I'm not I'm not being specific.
2: <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> you are crazy as hell. Well, there's going to be a lot more parts open, I'll tell you that much, because that's something that we have a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> I was lost coming here today. I you, like, you came on time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're <were> the <laughs> oh god, uh, that's so funny. Well, I'm, I'm real happy for you, and I'm glad we did this. It was a good time. It was a great talk, man. man. This is great, man. Thank you. Can people
2: see me on on social media or whatever? Go ahead. Yeah, it's at d e o n c o l
0: e on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter,
2: whatever.
0: yeah. Good. I do not fuck with the Facebook you. I'm on there. Yeah, me too, I don't pay attention.
2: It's like every time I get up some followers, yeah. then some new shit hopping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, I get like 50,000 people, and then they go, "Oh, that shit is whack. Now we over here, and yeah. I go, ah, oh, damn. And then yeah. I go over there, and I try to build up followers, and then yeah. they like, oh that's old. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's never ended. Just it's to the point where I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of that
0: shit. Yeah, well I'm, well, I'm happy you're not periscoping this right now. <laughs> and I don't even know what the fuck Snapchat <laughs> is.
2: i hate that i'm on it but i don't like it at all why would you take a picture of something that's only gonna be up for a little bit and then that's it like if i'm gonna take a picture of something it's something that i want to keep
0: yeah i don't i you know yeah i sadly i think most of it's designed for 12 year olds (laughs) and we're just fucking all immature enough to think we got to keep up with this shit (laughs) this
2: is true (laughs) Everybody wants pictures and shit. I tell people, you got to learn how to live in the present.
0: God yeah, damn it. yeah. A lot of people don't know how to live in the present. Yeah, now. but how is any? How is? I want everyone to know I'm living in the present. <laughs> I, I want everybody to know me. I'm living in. Look the place. Look at me! I'm in the present right now, and I'm sharing it with <laughs> you. Gonna, look at me drinking coffee yeah. in the now. In the now. <laughs>
2: Hashtag in the now. (laughs) Mark Maron everybody. That's the new show. In the now. In the now.
0: (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Love, man. Good times, right? Funny fucking guy. Smart guy. Good stand-up. Okay, and as always, go to WTFpod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get some posters. We made some new uh well, we refilled the posters that are there, and uh, check the tour dates, check the catalog, get the Howl app so you can get the uh, the full archive. Whatever you need to do. All right, okay. I, I'm gonna play my Les Paul. <laughs>
1: Boomer lives!